and welcome to this week's episode of 10 Points of Slashing. My name is Matthew. My name is SJ. And real quick, guys, before we get started today... Uh, we just wanted to say, if you've been enjoying the content that we've been putting out, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube and give us a rating on Spotify. We have both. Uh, it really helps with the growth of the channel and getting our content dispersed out to more people that can also uh, enjoy this content along with you guys. Uh, also, just another reminder, we do have an Instagram and we have a Discord server. Uh, the links for everything are in our YouTube uh, descriptions for the videos and the YouTube banner. So follow us on Instagram, which we will post more to probably, hopefully, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but the Discord is popping. Uh, we're recording this on the same day that we're getting ready to do a community event, which is going to be really fun. We're going to be in the Discord server interacting with everybody. So if you want to be a part of that in the future, uh, you know where to go. Yeah. And at the very least, tell tell a friend. Tell everybody, a friend. Everybody's got friends. Tell a friend. Find like a nerdy we said, friend. Uh, like we said, like four or five episodes, spread us like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm committing to that. <laughs> yeah. No, tell a friend. Uh, like Matt said, it helps us get out there. As you all know, the ultimate goal is for us to be able to to just talk about nerd stuff with a bunch of people. Uh, so yeah, telling friends would be muy bueno. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we have a pretty interesting topic today. It's one that um, I believe you pitched, but I am excited for it. Uh, yeah, I, is, there I, anything, is there anything you wanted to get into before? Yeah, there's quite a bit. Um, but yeah, no, you. I presented it, and then I was like, oh, I can only think of two things. <laughs> and then Matt... Has like 70, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I actually have a couple things to talk about before we get into it. Go for it. First and foremost, we have uh, miscellaneous energy drinks to consume, so that'll be fun. Do you want to you you go do right into first? it? Yeah, yeah right. let's do that first. So, okay. Are we going to present and swap? Yeah, so for those of you that are just tuning in, a couple of weeks ago, Matt and I had the idea to uh, go to the gas station, buy energy drinks for each other, not tell each other what they are, and then make each other drink them live. So I don't know what Matt got me. He doesn't know what I got him. Uh, the ultimate goal, because the last few times that we've done this, we've hated what we gotten for each other, and then we swapped, and we're both like, oh, this is okay. I want to find something that both of us hate, and when we swap it, neither one of us want to drink it. I want to waste 50. Yeah, I mean that me too, but today I <laughs> today you got I didn't something do it. that you're gonna like, aren't you? Yeah, I'm sorry, dude, but I, I look in the fridge, I see it, and I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. I might like it. I don't know. You ready to present? Yeah. You pointed this fridge out to me and it was the first thing I saw, and I was like, Oh yeah, that. God damn it. <laughs> oh, those are so good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be so miserable for you and amazing for me. Oh my god, Shall we dude. swap? I got the worst flavor, too. There's three flavors, and I grabbed the one I thought you'd hate the most. What the fuck? Why don't you read the flavor aloud for the class? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. He said read the flavor, and my, my, my eyes immediately went to, tastes better, works better, sometimes you're thirsty and tired, yep. <laughs> zero sugar. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awful. Yeah, there was a berry, and then there was a like cherry flavor. I want to mm -hmm. say, yeah. And I was like, "You definitely selected the one that I'm gonna hate." Pine pineapple splash. Pineapple splash. Pineapple splash. Mine is razzleberry. I've yeah. had these before. They're so good. Thank you. <sighs> well, See, we're just gonna swap. So to be fair, you got. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm keeping this. Fuck well, you. I want to taste it still. Yeah, you can taste it, but it's mine. <laughs> Um, this is, I'm, you know what, after what you got me last week that I literally couldn't drink, <laughs> shall we crack? Yeah, Let's just crack. to, just to get, I guess, reiterate, cause you read the whole description. It's an all black can and is razzleberry. Figure it out. Three, two, two one. one. Mm, mm, mm. 
Oh, dude, this is oh, it smells so good. It I'm smells dr- like uh, it smells like the the blue raz. I'm gonna drink this through only the duration of this bit, and then it's gonna go on Matt's desk, and well, it's yes. gonna go right down the sink. I have succeeded. Then, all right, cheers. Oh yeah, it's so good, dude. This is vile. Is it? Is it really I bad? I don't understand who drinks those. Would What's yeah, the like who would go? Yeah, who is the market for this? Yeah, I know that our um our uh, our late grandfather on our well he was married into the family but we considered him family above all. Uh, he did road trips all the time, and he would always grab one of these every time. Really? Yeah, I no, didn't that know was that. his ritual. He would stop at the gas station. He'd grab one of those, uh, a different version of it, but he'd grab essentially that. Then he'd hit up uh, a popular fast food uh, breakfast chain to get some fast food breakfast sandwiches. Uh, and then he'd he'd hit the road. He did this. Uh, he drove to Kansas all the time, uh, and he took me and my other brother once, uh, and that was, uh, it was his ritual. And we asked him about it, and he's like, yeah, I do this every time. Yeah, this thing is disgusting, dude. All right, let's let's it's swap. Like, let's swap so I can taste how disgusting that is, and you can taste how amazing this is. But I'm getting this back. Let me just say, there's nothing redeemable about this. Like, really? it's, at least there was something redeemable about last week. Like yeah. last week, last week I had the coke or the the, the anime the, can. Well, last week I had the the undertones of chocolate puff cereal. Yeah, so that saved it. Yeah, no, there's literally nothing redeemable about this. Like last week, even the anime can, I was like, okay, it's a fruity flavor, it'll work, but. Yeah, no, this this is vile. I have received the vile can. Watch me love this. Dude, it's... No, there's nothing. There's nothing there. Okay, okay, hold on. No. First, the second... The, the immediate second it hit my tongue, I was like, SJ's being a baby, this is okay. But there is an aftertaste that does not taste like any pineapple-flavored thing I've ever had in my life. It's vile, dude. I'm trying to... Oh, God. Oh, it burns. Yep, sure does. Sure oh, the does. first time I took a sip, I took my time with it, but that time I just slammed it. It burns going down. I like this. Oh, no. Okay, hold on. One more sip for posterity to see if I can't nail that flavor down, but... Oh, God, it burns in such a weird... No. I can't... It tastes like what I imagine Tide Pods taste like. And, um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of this. I like the flavor because... Oh, I love these, dude. They're so good. I think Blue Raspberry is my favorite, like juice fruit flavor uh but i don't know there's something weird about that i like it i feel like they should use that flavor for the uh the primary brand of miscellaneous energy drink that we use i feel like that would be really good also you want another fun fact about these mm-hmm. i think they're made in the same factory ah so it's feasible we, we talked about it in another episode um this energy drink particularly i don't know if it's like a subsidiary company or what, but I'm 99% sure they're made in so the same faculty. What you're saying is a properly outfitted strike force, a small team, could infiltrate the production facility. And seize the means of production. Seize the means of, pro- literally seize the means of production and combine that with, the, with probably the white version of ours. Yeah. And create something truly incredible. We could, yeah. Um, also, these are like three times as caffeinated as what we normally drink. They're insanely caffeinated. All right, we're taking volunteers. This is the next ten points of slashing side quest. No, we are I'm taking volunteers this off right now. No, absolutely not. <laughs> to we infiltrate not, the production facility. <laughs> we are not doing this. <laughs> we are not turning this stupid bit into a ghost recon mission. <laughs> I mean, I do have enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> never mind. Stop. I'm, I'm cracking my other can. 
All right, um, that's and then there's a there's that's an, the sound of a real miscellaneous energy beverage because yeah, I can't that, drink this trash. That's miscellaneous prime. Yeah, that sounds like a forgotten <laughs> Autobot. Miscellaneous, <laughs> miscellaneous prime. prime. <laughs> uh, I love that forgotten Autobot. A miscellaneous prime. <laughs> Can that be 10 points of slashing's mascot? Can we get a mascot called Miscellaneous <laughs> Prime? <laughs> yes, absolutely. The it's, official... a little, it's a little energy shrink with like robot arms and yep, legs. Abs- it's canon now. The the mascot for 10 points of slashing is Miscellaneous Prime. <laughs> and he's just, he vaguely gives off every brand that we talk about. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> We have another thing that you wanted to talk about before we get into today's topic, right? Yeah, so I got a couple things. First and foremost, uh, you know when you're playing a game like like an RPG or something, and an NPC gives you a quest, and they're like, hey, I need five twigs and five rocks. And you're like, yeah, cool, I got you. So you go out, and you get like four twigs and three rocks, and you come back, and you can't even turn it in. Like, the guy's dialogue is exactly the same as, as before. He's like, let me know when you find those twigs and rocks. But the second you bring him five and five, he's like, oh, okay, got it. You could bring him, like, nine rocks and four twigs, and he's like, let me know when you find those twigs and rocks. We have our first side quest turn-in from user Sin, who oh. attempted to identify the energy drinks from he, last post, week's episode. Did he send this to you in a private message, or he, did he post this on the... He sent it to me in a private message. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, I am... You forward it to, like, the admin chat? Sending it to Matt right now. Now, this was Violently Pink and... Um... Vaporwave. Oh, you airdropped it. Nice. I, I don't know how this shit works, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, that's so close. So he close. was so close. He got the he got the the pink one correct. He absolutely got that one. So he got the twigs. Credit. He got the twigs, he but he didn't berries. get the rocks. So I'm thinking of this as an NPC in an RPG. Uh, no credit. I say no credit for no, turning. No, Sin, I give you partial credit. I okay. love you, buddy. I give you, if I was giving you a letter grade, that would be a C plus. All right, let's, let's say this. Let's say we give it to him. We go, okay, cool, you got it. However, if somebody else can find the actual second can... They, we're going to revoke it from sin and we're going to give it to them. Okay. Yeah. But he's, I, I say at the very least, he's the only one that's turned anything in. He is. So, he so gets, he's, he's sitting at the top. Maybe we can, uh, he gets the prize. Why don't we make like a discord role that changes your color to be like the can finder. Yeah. And we can, <laughs> the can finder. We can bestow that upon sin as the honorary can finder of, of the week until the next can finder emerges. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to have, other side quests come up in the future outside of just can finding so we can do something else with that too like side quest turn in or turner of <laughs> right, we'll, i don't know we'll get there but we we, we like can finder uh but yeah so sin thank you we're also going to do something for sin on discord outside of the title matt and i still need to discuss that and come up with exactly what we're going to do but like i said if somebody else can find the cans from last week before we do that for sin, we're gonna revoke it from him. We're gonna give it to the had, other person. I had a really chaotic idea for what we could reward the people with. Yeah, give them like thirty minutes of access to the admin chat, so they can see the chaos. <laughs> That's a good idea, dude. Give them like thirty minutes to get as much in as they can, and then and then kick them back out. I like it better. I like better thirty seconds. 
Yeah. Because then it's just a mad. <laughs> They're just gonna... No screenshots, no videos, no nothing. You just you just get the admin chat for 30 minutes and you can see our like. There's gonna, there's some of the see... editing notes are hilarious. Some of the, the like rough drafts for the thumbnails are great. Like you can see just some the... gifts that we send each other. Uh, uh, you can, yeah, that, that chat is a, a hive of scum and villainy for sure. <laughs> A lot of D's nuts jokes. Anyway, we can uh, move on from that. We'll, we'll think of something, but I love that idea. Okay, cool. So uh, I have, as is the custom here at 10 Points of Slashing, another gas station story. Hell yeah. This one is hilarious in concept because it involves literally every single gas station story that you or I have told so far. And it wraps it up nicely in a little bow. And honestly, I think this would be a great conclusion to the gas station arc. If we end the gas station bit, we have to find something to replace it. Yeah, we will. Okay. All right. Impress me. Okay. So this occurred at the gas station by work, not the one by the house. But not not gas station prime. Not gas station prime. No. So I, (laughs) it's hilarious. So I go in on my way home from work. I go to grab uh, like some popcorn or something. And there's nobody in there except the lady. This is the same lady that got berated by the man. Oh, the old technology guy? The old technology guy, exactly. So I go in and- The Decepticon. Sorry. Yes. And I had a $5 bill. So I chose to pay cash. So I I go right up, put my thing on this, the because they're all like automated registers now, right? Yeah. So I put my thing on the register and it prompts me to pay. So I pull my five out and, you know, I I was kind of idly chatting with the lady while this is happening. And then I went, I just pulled it out and I went, oh yeah, uh, I have a five. And she literally goes, press the green button at the top of the screen (laughs) in that exact cadence. And I had this like PTSD moment where I was like, oh, oh, God, I'm the boomer. I'm the problem. And I so I look at the screen and I see it and I immediately like, I'm so sorry. I just wasn't even looking. I'm so my bad. I'm so like over apologizing. And she was like, she was like, dude, what are you? You're you're good. Like I do this every day. And I was like, I know, but I can't be that person and blah, blah. And I'm just like freaking out over apologizing to her. And she's weirded out about it. And she's like, you don't know my scars. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay. Uh, and then she tells me, oh yeah, uh, the other day there was a guy that came in here and he just was not getting it. She was like, I kept telling him, press the button at the top, press the button at the top, press the green button at the top, and he just didn't get it. And I didn't tell her this, but in my mind I was like, she's telling me the story of the day that I was there. Yeah. Like she's talking about that guy from her perspective. And I didn't say like, oh yeah, I was in line behind. I was just like, oh man, that's that's crazy. It's the yeah. worst. It's that's, literally that the worst. stinks. And I pressed the green button at the top, put my cash in, paid, and I have not been back to that gas station since because I'm a little ashamed of myself. <laughs> that's incredible. She said it in the exact cadence that she I know told the, me. I know the cadence because press the I've green done button it. at the top. Press the green button. The green the green one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. That's incredible. Okay. I I feel like that's, I wasn't sold, but I feel like that's a satisfactory conclusion. Yeah. I I'm feel sold like now. If, if I walked away from that bit forever now, I think I'd be happy with where it's at. Yeah. Uh, that's a good, that's a good place to let it rest. If something else catastrophic happens, I'm sure we'll <laughs> talk about it, but yeah. So anything else or is that, is that the, the bill of events? One more thing real One more quick. thing. So I had a fan interaction this week. Someone who was like, oh, my God, I got to tell you my own gas station story. I'm like, oh, cool. I love this. I love that that is like (laughs) 
that's the brand. Like when we go to conventions, people are going to be like, oh my God, SJ. Let me Matt. tell you about this time at this gas station. <laughs> Let me tell you about this time I went to a gas station. So she, <laughs> so she's chatting with me and uh, she basically, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but she tells a story about a friend of hers who lives in the Philippines. And in the Philippines, uh, you cannot pump your own gas. There's a clerk that does it yeah. for you. And she was like blown away by There's a few states in the U.S. And that's what I want to talk about. The state that we live in, we pump our own gas. Yeah. When we were raised, when we learned how to drive and we were taught how to pump gas, we were just taught how to pump gas and we never knew anything different. Yeah. We have a friend uh, who lives in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And in Portland, Oregon, you do not pump your own gas. There's a clerk that does it for you. How freaking wild is that? Yeah, I hate the idea of that so much because, okay, I'm the type of person, and SJ absolutely knows this to be true. When it comes to, like, chores, you know, like, let's say doing the dishes. I don't think anyone likes doing the dishes, but I absolutely am the type of person that has the mentality of, like, everyone else but me does it wrong. You know what I mean? Got you. Yeah, that makes sense. So when it comes to pumping gas, I'd be like, no, you can't pump my gas because you're going to do it wrong. (laughs) Only I know how to do it right. I'm not sure how anybody could pump gas wrong. I don't know. Like, I really like to... It's, like, fun for me to, like pump up to like $20 and not go under and not go over and like oh, stuff like you like don't that. you, you yeah. just put your card in and then you're like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah exactly if I know that I need a full tank I'll try and hit like the 5 10 15 20 milestones and be like yeah I did it <laughs> I try to make a mini game out of it so like they don't the clerks are soulless they don't care they put gas in your car and then they tell you to fuck off like I, I hate the idea of that also it's another thing too of like in a way, it's kind of like an invasion of personal space because my car is my personal space and I don't want anyone yeah. else. I don't other than mechanics. I don't want anyone else interacting with my personal space. I get that. I get that. I had to let my boss borrow my car a couple weeks ago and I was. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I bet he got in and he was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I did not. I did not enjoy that. It, you're very right. Like. My car is an extension of my own personal it's like space. You, it's like your mobile room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I what about what about you? You seem I just don't like the idea of anybody providing a service that I don't need provided. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, is that an SJ thing or is that a man thing? That's an SJ thing. And it's cuz it, for me it's a man thing. It comes from working in customer service. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody going above and beyond for me. I yeah. I am fully capable of walking in the store and finding the product myself without accosting 17 different employees to say, hey, where's the black paint at? Like, I'm going to go find it myself. And I if like if I'm capable of pumping my own gas, then I want to pump my own gas. I don't need some hourly employee to do it for me. See, my perspective for that, it's it's not like a man thing or a me thing. It's a social anxiety thing like if i, I can't if i can't find something i'm not gonna accost someone to help me find it just because it's like admitting defeat in a way and i don't like, want to inconvenience people, i'm so man. yeah it's i don't want to inconvenience them i know it's just another tuesday for them but i'm so anxious in public and i'm like i have to like if i genuinely need to find something i have to work myself up and there there's definitely to like ask someone but like if i'm with someone like for whatever like if we go to the store and we can't find something if I'm with another person, my social anxieties don't really exist, so, like, I'm able to, like, do it. But if I'm by myself, if I can't find something, I'm going home. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I like, I know from experience, like, working re- in retail, there's definitely a way to ask an employee for help, and there's a way to not ask an employee for help. For example. Don't walk up to them and be like, where's this? Or my favorite thing, and I used to, I used to mess with people hard with this. My favorite thing is when people walk up to you, and then they just name a product. 
and they look at you. Yeah. When they walk up and they just go, black paint. I My favorite thing to do would always be to look at them and go, I'm sorry? And then they just say, black paint. And I go, black paint? And I just keep repeating it until they say something else. And usually they'll go, yeah, black paint. Where is the black paint? And then I'll say, oh, oh, you want to know where the black paint is? Why didn't you just say that? I'm so sorry. I misunderstood you. It's over here, you fucking bitch. Like, <laughs> I I hate when people do that. And then there's yeah. people that walk up to you and they go, look, man, I know you're super busy. I'm really, really, really sorry. I just like, just tell me general vicinity. Where is this thing? I'll and, walk their ass. And then to I'll it. walk their ass to it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, don't you worry about a thing here, sir. Yeah, um, I I hate that. And for, for me, vividly, having worked in retail, and I know for some of our listeners that do it too, the people that walk up and just say a product to you, that's a demographic. And we all, yeah. know, we all know who's in that we demographic. We know exactly what that demographic is. We all know. Is. You can envision like eight unique looking people that all fit that demographic. We all know who it is. Yeah. We all know who does that. Uh, but yeah, I, I hate that shit too. And they don't um, see anything wrong with it. I didn't. I didn't come up with a clever response to that. But when I was working at a a big chain supermarket uh, as a as a stalker, you know, they they'll just walk up to you and be like, "This thing," and I'll. I think the 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 most creative thing I ever did with that is I'd look at them and be like, "Yeah, we we do have that. Yep, we carry that." And they'd be like, <laughs> see ya. They'd be, and just keep working." <laughs> yeah, no, literally, like um, there the the one instance that I remember vividly, this lady was I've I didn't know that this supermarket sold it. This was news to me, but she walked she walked up and she was like, molasses. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I just I, I vividly remember this because of how bewildered I was. I just turned and looked at her and I was like, like is that some weird southern greeting? Like- I was like, sorry. And she was just like she like looked at me with her mouth kind of open and nodded a few times. It was like molasses. And I was like, yeah, we probably have that. What about it? <laughs> and she was like, where is it? And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Buy the syrup, maybe. <laughs> and then she walked away. Yeah. Like, ma'am, I don't even we know were, what molasses is. <laughs> in, my, in my occupation, we weren't required to walk people to their product. All we, like, bare minimum, we just had to tell them where it was. So by me being like, oh, it's probably by the syrup, I was covering all my bases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she just walked up, mouth hanging open, was like, molasses and i was like hmm we I like sell the interpretation. that I thought, you have to, I thought you have to make it i thought you have to churn it for like a fortnight and like fucking <laughs> like i didn't know that they just sell that you have to wear one of those little like hats yeah yeah i like the interpretation that that's just some weird southern greeting like oh yeah molasses molasses uh i can't see without my molasses <laughs> nope anyway anyway we have a topic today we promise we're not just talking about <laughs> nonsense for an hour we always talk about nonsense for an hour. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, the topic for today, uh, do you want to intro it? Because it was your idea. Yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> this bodes so well. <laughs> for those of you at home, I'm going to edit out the silence, but he just went so and sat there for like five seconds. <laughs> so, I had this idea because one of the earliest things that I found in video games that like really, really fascinated me. Um, and bear in mind, I started playing video games in like the late nineties, right? Mid, 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 late nineties, um, is level design. Like level design was always a huge deal for me. I want good levels. I want challenging levels. And I noticed early on, well, I didn't, I didn't notice until much later now looking back, but one of the things I needed was immersive level design that made me feel like I was in an environment. Right. Um, and I'll and I'll, I'll talk more about that later when we get into mine. But it got me thinking. I was like, you know, what? we could cover not necessarily top three levels, but we could cover just video game environments that really, really spoke yeah. to us that we really enjoyed being in, playing in. Um, uh, originally, this 
conceptually was going to be a top five, but I, I suggested I suggested making it a top three. That way we can talk a little bit more about the, the, the top three that we really enjoy. Absolutely. Um, let's I have a shitload of honorable mentions. Let's get right into it. Do Why don't you knock out all of your honorable mentions? Okay, yeah. And so then we'll go in. My honorable mentions are uh, Amberino and Red Dead Redemption 2, the big snow area. Okay. Uh, the Gex 3 hub. Yeah, yeah. Because in and of sure. itself, mission control. It's, like, it's like a mission in and of itself. Mission control, um, yeah. And, uh, oh, I didn't have as many as I thought I did because I forgot to delete a few. Uh, and then uh, Stillwater from Saints Row 1 yes, and 2. Yes, dude. Um, awesome. My top three, there's a theme. There's for sure a theme. Okay. You always start the tops. So Yeah, you start the tops. No, I, I meant oh. you always start, so go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so my number one and my number two are in a very, very similar vein, and you'll see that as it unfolds. But my number three is a little bit of a left fielder. I'll explain why it's so important to me, but just to say it, it is Tanoa from Arma 3. So when Arma 3 originally released, it released with two maps, Stratus and Altus, um, I believe. I could be wrong on Stratus. Okay. It's like there's like a little mini island that kind of serves as the tutorial part of the game. Um, it's kind of where like all shit hits the fan, blah, blah, blah. And then it, when you escape that island after, long story short, basically like you get messed up real bad and you have to escape with like zero communication with anyone. Uh, you and the survivors find yourself on an island called Altus, where you have to like rebuild and get support and blah blah blah. Um, so that was the game, and uh, Altus was always kind of like a meh map for me because it's very flat. It's actually based off of a real island in Greece. Like the level designers went out and took a bunch of photos and like tried to scale it because like the the map in the game is huge. Hang on, is this the one that you picked? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm setting up the number three. Oh, okay. Tanoa is what I picked. Okay. Um, so Altus was always kind of like, beh, whatever. I, I don't care. Um, but it was a fun map to play on, and the modding community for Arma 3 was, was always so big, so there's a lot of really cool community maps. But I want to say in 2016, I want to say, um, they released the Apex DLC, which released the map Tanoa. And Tanoa is a gigantic, like, 10-kilometer jungle map like everything is green there's trees everywhere there's these really small super narrow like paths in the trees there is big cities there's like ancient temple ruins like it's just this really crazy cool jungle island map and i have like literally 1500 hours in arma 3 on steam and i think a solid 700 of those are on tanoa alone um me and a very 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 close friend of mine uh who's my arma arma buddy um we we've definitely got our miles in on that map. Uh, everything from dressing in like period accurate clothing and like placing like mines everywhere in the forest and putting down like uh like Russian soldiers and pretending like we're in Vietnam, <laughs> to you know full scale like jungle like assault the ancient temple from these like pirates and like you know take back the the port city and like all sorts of crazy stuff it the dlc itself also released a bunch of really really cool gear as well like um anti-thermal clothing and, and stuff like that but it was a really really cool insanely detailed map to this day there's still stuff i find like i just decided one day i, I had like four hours of free time i was like i'm gonna get in a scuba suit and i'm just gonna swim around and there's like underwater hidden boat wrecks and like oh, cool. all this crazy stuff it's just an insanely detailed map uh i've gotten so many miles out of it i still continue to play it and love it to this day but yeah in terms of environments i absolutely love Tanoa from arma 3 rad um i had a question but i don't remember what it was um okay do you want me to go into mine yeah okay yeah. if you think of your question just yell at me yeah uh, i will make me cry it's the only thing that sucks about drinking energy drinks <laughs> is we're always like 
<laughs> that was bad when you were recording just now. We you were can't, like, we can't just, we're men. We can't just burp. We got to fight it. <laughs> and then we try to talk through it. We're yeah, like, you, you, you have to fight it. You have to talk through, talk through the burp. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're messes right now. I'm not cutting any of this. I'm, I'm leaving this in the episode. Please I'm not do. cutting any of this. What's your number three? Okay, uh, so I don't know if you can see this from here. <laughs> My number three is blank. Uh, say something. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I didn't know how to word this. So I have a very clear number one and a very clear number two. Well, no, they're not clear at all, but we'll get there. My number three, I'm just going to say anytime a video game that does not primarily take place in a desert puts you in a desert. Yeah, I knew it. I, knew I it like the desert segment, but I I like it more when it's a segment different. Oh. I like it. I like it more when it's like not the main part of the game. When it's like, yeah, no, I really love the desert, um, and I love playing that in video games. And I also love the like desert city. Yeah, that's a good vibe. That's a really good vibe. Yeah, like uh, kind of like sandstone buildings, and you know, just uh, I don't know, just desert desert city is typically a really strong environment from environment for me i don't have a specific game to refer to because most games have well not most games but a lot of games have something along those lines yeah and that's yeah. that's gonna be my favorite part i mean off the top of my head we have uh uncharted 3 there's like little deserts and ghost recon wildlands there's yeah. um uh, the, and the, those are my favorite yeah, places the, in ghost recon wildlands, the funny thing the whole desert region the part of the reason why I don't like uh, Altus, the, the map in Armor 3, is because it's primarily desert. Okay. That's, that's like the reason that I don't like it. Yeah. Because it, there's no there's no break. It's just a desert island. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, there's no variety. There's no like green area. There's no anything. And it's that is all desert. That is a great thing that I'm going to point out later on is I need variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we can jump into number two. Okay, so my number, like I said, my number one and my number two are in a very, very similar vein, and they're very, very weird picks. But when I was thinking video game environments, my mind immediately went to where do I like to spend my time in video games? Aside from like missions that take you through these locations, like if I'm just thinking if I could be in a video game world, where would I be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the approach that I took. So my number two is one of two games that I played the absolute shit out of in my childhood. And my number one is the other one. Um, But my number two is Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life. Uh, it is a, uh, it was a Nintendo GameCube game. It's, it's in the same vein, it, not the same vein. I don't want to say what it's in the same vein as cause same vein is my number one. Uh, it's like a little, like kind of like life simulator game almost like you, you know, there's a day night cycle, you have farm animals, you sell stuff, blah, blah, blah. The draw of games like that is the interaction with the NPCs. All right. the NPCs are very detailed, have really cool stories, have a lot of really cool lines of dialogue. You have to like work at them. You have to talk to them like every day, multiple times a day, do things for them, blah, 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 to kind of unlock their friendliness towards is that, you. Is that the game with Tom the Raccoon or something no, no, like no, that? No, no, no. That's the other one that I'm not going to say because it's my number one. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, but yeah, it's um, uh, the environment, the map in Harvest Moon A Wonderful Life okay. is very, very nostalgic for me. There's actually a remake... Uh, done by the story of seasons team of that game coming out in like july for the switch and you bet your sweet tits i'm going to buy that game and play the shit out of it but it's super small it's a really condensed map but i really like that because it's so chock full of of personality of things to discover of just just everything it's an incredibly nostalgic environment for me i can't really pinpoint anything specifically like 
Obviously, the farm that you live on is cool. There's a little area kind of north of your farm that's like a little fey forest almost, and there's these little dudes that live in a tree, and they were always my favorite. They're like little fairy dudes. They were always my favorite. Uh, there's this crazy dude that makes fireworks on the beach that always blows stuff up. There's like... Uh, there's a really cool bar kind of like in, in mm. the center of town that during the night everyone's at. It's so wholesome, dude. Yeah, it's so wholesome, <laughs> and I, I love it so much. And as a kid, I, I, I'm i kind of maybe realizing where my social anxieties came from because I didn't spend time interacting with people. I spent time playing Harvest Moon. <laughs> interacting with fake people. Interacting with fake people. But yeah, I dig uh, it. <laughs> absolutely love the environment of Harvest Moon, the map. <laughs> just the whole package is so nostalgic for me, but the, the map was always really special. I love just like running around. I would literally, because as a kid, your imagination is endless and you don't need to like do anything. I hate gaming now because I have to, I always feel like I have to be doing something. And once I like get to the point where I beat a story, I very often I'm like, now what? You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. But as a kid, I would literally just do laps around the map. And I remember like, ah, that. This is fun. I remember that dude yeah and i love the nostalgia piece we've been on in the past couple episodes talking really about have, the games yeah. in the 90s i really dig it um i kind of want to do something more with that in the future um, we could do like a nostalgia episode let's, let's bookmark that for now yeah, yeah um well that's, that's that's all i had to talk about harvest moon i love that life. dude i love that so much that's um really wholesome and i am also going to go back to some nostalgia so i kind of mentioned variety right yeah and i want to name drop a specific series that isn't necessarily on my top three list of environments but i want to bring this up spyro the dragon oh so, yeah wow so none of the locations really made it onto my favorite environments because it was more so the games as a whole if i was picking favorite games with environments that i liked spyro would make it on that i don't know if that makes sense favorite games with environments that you like is just favorite games yeah but i mean like favorite games <laughs> yeah, based yeah. on the environments yeah, alone yeah, spyro yeah. would make it onto that i see list, i see right? what you're saying but the individual environments don't really do a lot for me because it is the variety that I really enjoyed about it. it wasn't one specific environment that I was like, oh, this place rules or anything like that. It's just the variety that it takes you through. For example, the first Spyro game, the first home world you go through is all grassy and like nice buildings and castles and kind of like medieval architecture. And then the second home world you go through is this like shitty desert with like war torn this and that. And then the third one is all magical and yada yada. There's yeah. just a lot of variety, right? And I loved that in yeah. Spyro. With that said, my number two is an interesting pick. Uh, the City of Theed from the PlayStation 1 game. Video game, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. It yep. was the PlayStation game that was adapted, uh, or sorry, it was the PlayStation game they made after Episode One yeah, came it's out. Movie tie-in game. Exactly. Yep. And it was back when movie tie-in games were like the shit, and that's all everybody was doing. Um, but Yeah, back when they cared. Movie yeah. tie-in games now suck, but back in the day, they used to be bangers. Yeah, for sure. And I about the City of Theed level, and I talked about the variety for a reason. The City of Theed happens after, and in, this is during a time in video games where you didn't run into many cities, per se. Yeah. Right? Just because of space. Just because of, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, like rendering. It was hard to create all those kinds of environments, right? So the game starts, if you know the movie, the game starts with you playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're in the Trade Federation ship. It's a spaceship, right? You're running around a spaceship. You're Occasionally, you run into an NPC here or there, but it's mostly just you, you know, getting through droids and this and that. And then you escape the ship. You go into the swamps. From the swamps, you then get into the Gungan City with this big underwater city, yada, yada. Oh, I don't want to get into the, it too I much. I hate the Gungan City. If we, ever do, if we ever do least favorite environments, <laughs> Gungan City. Basically, the game takes you through so many different 
types of levels, so many different environments, different varieties before you land at the Gardens of Theed, followed by the Escape from Theed. And those are the two levels that take place in the city of Theed. The reason I love it so much is because it's the first time in this game that you're really running around finding like people, civilians, that some of them will like give you random little side quests. Uh, I don't know, like the, the design of the city itself, I find the city to be beautiful, visually stimulating, running through a city with a lightsaber, fighting off droids, sneaking around, like I just love every bit of it, love the city of Theed, and then with that said, the levels after, or the like segment after the city of Theed is Mos Espa on Tatooine, which is the desert city section, right? Theed and Mos Espa are tied for my number two because Mos Espa takes all of the like city elements from Theed, but it strips away all the combat and forces you to have to interact with people, forces you to have to talk to this and that. Um, sorry, dude, I just got a notification that Roshanti just joined the Discord. Yo, he's here. Stop the presses. <laughs> anyway, it takes all the elements of the city and strips away all of the combat, forcing you to have to talk to NPCs. You have to trade a bunch of shit. You have to make all these deals to navigate through the level. Um, and it was just a really cool departure from Theed, where it's just nonstop combat through a city. And then immediately you're put in this situation where you have to talk to people to get through the level. And it's all NPC dialogue. And it's it's the variety in environments that, that like hooked me in. Because it's such a stark contrast, such a strong change. Um, but yeah, that is my number two. Steed and Mos Espa. Solid. Solid, solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to jump into your numero uno? So, my number one. Your number one. Again, I feel like I feel like everyone knows what it's going to be, because it was I, a little alluded to. Is it I Animal think I know Crossing the yes, okay. for, the, for the GameCube specifically? Animal Crossing, uh, no, not New Leaf. What was, oh man, I don't think the original one had a subtitle, if I'm remembering correctly. I could be very wrong. Um, so, one of the cool things about Animal Crossing on the uh on the gamecube is that every time you start a new save uh the island is procedurally generated uh in terms of like terrain whose house is where like where the general store is where blah 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 is and the villagers are random every time there was the original game had a list of like i I don't know the number but definitely over like 20 villagers or so and it was totally random so my nostalgia comes from obviously my specific island i'll call it um I don't know how many hours as a kid I played Animal Crossing for the GameCube, but if I had to quantify it, I mean, back in the day going to school at like, you know, 7 a.m. and getting home at, or actually in elementary school, it probably would have been like 9 to, or 8, 8 or 9 to 3.30. So getting home around, you know, like 3.40, because we lived in the same neighborhood as our school, from the moment I got home to the moment I went to bed and waking up as early as I could to get it in before uh, having to go to school, all I did was play Animal Crossing. So I probably have like easily over like a thousand hours in that game. Hmm. Um, and it's another game like Harvest Moon. You run around, you fish, you sell stuff, you make your house nice and, and big and you decorate it and all that stuff. Uh, but the the interaction comes for the, the joy comes from the interaction with the villagers because um, all the villagers have very unique personalities. And I, I know that I'm kind of just saying how much I love Animal Crossing, the game, um, but the environment is is very nostalgic the gamecube era graphics the idle animations the the way that everything was tiled so instead of like in in the new animal crossing game new horizons you know you run around and you have a map but back in the day with the way that they had to render stuff the the islands were tiled so if you got up to the border of the island the camera would like shift up to the next tile 
and it would work that way. And I, there's something so nostalgic about me. I love the way that they did that. I, I, I was hoping that would be the way they did it for New Horizons, but I understand why they didn't. But just, just that era of graphics, the, the, the way that like all of the, the, the visual design is what I'm trying to say. Like the way the houses look, the way the trees look, the right. way the grass was, the characters, everything so nostalgic. Um, and there was one villager on my island. Uh, he was a billy goat named Gruff, and uh, he's my best friend in the whole wide world. I love him. That sounds familiar. Is that a an Animal Crossing character? Or yeah. Is that somebody you built? It, he's an Animal Crossing character. It sounds familiar, dude. I don't. I never really played it. I probably you probably osmosis a little bit of it from, from me. you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is what he looked like in in the GameCube. Yeah, that that's ringing a bell. So on Animal Crossing, one of the biggest complaints about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, is that the villagers aren't mean enough. There's villagers that have, like, the they have personalities, and one of them is Bully, and Gruff was a bully. So he was out, he was, like, just a dick. Like, he wasn't redeemable at all. He was, like, mean to you. You'd walk up to talk to him, and he'd be like, I don't like you, go away. Like, literally. <laughs> so I made it a point to make him my best friend, and if you work at him enough in Animal Crossing GameCube, if you get him on your island, he will eventually become your best friend. <laughs> and that was my proudest accomplishment, was making Gruff my best friend, to the point where I bought his Animal Crossing amiibo card, and on my Switch save of Animal Crossing New Horizons, he is on my island, and he is my he's my only neighbor. I put everyone else <laughs> on like the opposite end of the island, but I put Gruff right next to me. He's my Aww. boy. I love him so. He's so nice now, though. He's just because he's. Dude, he's why are your Why are your answers <laughs> so wholesome? Because this, you know, I don't know. But he he was a musician too. His house always his always had like a drum set and and stuff in it. So I, I always resonated with that because I play the drums. Um, but yeah, he's so nice now. Like you walk up and talk to him, he's like, "Hey, what's up? I'm a musician. I'm kind of rough, but I'm not a bully." But in Animal Crossing, <laughs> in Animal Crossing GameCube, you'd walk up to him and he'd like if the developers could have gone away with it, he would have been like, "Fuck off!" Like. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that game. She's making an adult version of Animal Crossing yeah. where he does say fuck off. Yeah, no, I, I love that game. I love the environment. I love the 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 aesthetic design. It's so nostalgic for me, and I love Gruff. That's my, my boy. That's awesome, dude. What a wholesome answer. I love yeah, this. I just because it's really snuggly today. If, dude. if I could be teleported into a game environment I get and that. live in it, it would be it would be Animal Crossing. It would be it would be um it would be Animal Crossing or it would be Harvest Moon. There are other environments that I love. Like I said, I love Stillwater. I love. I'm so glad you brought it up. I love the uh, the map in uh, Wildlands and Breakpoint. Breakpoint, yeah. kind of a kind of a rocky game at yeah. launch. Uh, it's not got, a big fan of Breakpoint, but Wildlands is incredible. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better now that you with like the Ghost Recon experience, where you can turn off like gear leveling and and kind of customize the experience. Um, the map is still really good. I obviously gravitate towards open world stuff, but yeah, man, something so incredibly nostalgic about Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to bookmark this for a nostalgia episode because that'd be awesome. But um, every episode at this point is a nostalgia. Episode. Yeah, we've been on an arc lately, but that's okay. Yeah, it, yeah. it ebbs and flows. Um, well, you got to think about like a lot of the conversations of topic that we bring up are rooted in like, hey, what what has been influential yeah. to you? And we grew up with you oh. know the games of the early thousands. What a disgustingly good segue, dude. We're so good at this. Uh, Not planned. My number one. <laughs> yeah, that's gross yoda stories <laughs> whoa no but i do have that on my computer um <laughs> gr a great example of desert level uh, yeah. anyway my number one so 
Like I said, variety, right? I will say this game is what I'm specifically referring to when I say at one point I look back and I realize why I loved these games so much. Oh, and it's be- I, it dawned on me. It's because in the past 10 years, they recently repackaged this series mm-hmm. and put it out as something new. In the recently repackaged version of the Tomb Raider yep, series. I knew it. As soon as you said, as soon as you said, yeah. like, varied environments, I was like, oh, yeah. I know exactly what As it is. soon as, so in the new Tomb Raider games, every game all takes place in one environment. The first one they released all takes place on the island. The second one they released pretty much all takes place in Siberia or that icy place or whatever. The third one, it's all in a jungle, right? What I loved the most about the original Tomb Raider games is the variety of environments that those games took you through um, with the first one and then the second one, the third one. Like, it's all different varieties, different level design, like different gimmicks in each world that you would go through, right? So um, definitely my favorite series for environments, but I am going to talk about my favorite environment from them, which is from Tomb Raider 2. It is the segment of levels that honestly I think gets shit on the most by the Tomb Raider community that played the old games. Is it the boat levels? Yes. Yep. They're so good. It is the wreck of the Maria Doria in Tomb Raider 2. They're um, so good. I the love The big those underwater wreck. Specifically, my favorite level, and this is really what I'm referring to when I talk about this segment. Uh, it's called the deck. Basically, you go underwater into the ocean. You find this ship that wrecked. Long story short, it's like Tomb Raider's take on the Titanic, and there's there was something that sank with the ship that you have to go get. Well, at some point while you're exploring the wreck, you eventually come into this massive cavern where the deck of the ship has kind of like gotten lodged in, um, so you can walk around the deck and yada, yada, yada. Basically, what I love about this level is the feel of isolation, and I think I've touched on a little bit in episodes prior, but I love... When I'm playing a video game and I truly feel like I am in it and in Tomb Raider, you're playing this lone adventurer person who doesn't have any help. And that level specifically makes you feel that it makes you feel like I am, you know, 40 fathoms under the sea in a cave by myself up against all these Italian mobsters and you have nothing spooky cult shit. Yeah, you have nothing. You have no one. It's just you running around and it's the. Level design itself makes you feel isolated. The level design is so wide open, but you still know you're in a cave. You still know you're under the ocean, but it's it, it's like so well done. And the sound design. And I know we're talking about environments, but the sound design is what just absolutely crushes it for me because it's there's not a constant background song. You just every now and there and then you'll hear these creepy like cave sounds and you'll hear creaks and you'll hear you know like rocks falling off of something long uh, you know a ways away it's i don't know the level just it just makes you feel so isolated and it's creepy and it's i don't know just really really well really, done really good. with that said uh i also will just mention that like any game that has that sensation of isolation and if they execute on it well those are my favorite kinds of environments um i I have a theory as to why everyone hated those levels. Yeah. I think it's because everyone was still reeling from the water temple in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, everybody it took hates- gamers. It took gamers a while to get over that. And honestly, I didn't play it when the game came out, but I did go back and play it when I was still relatively young. Fuck the water temple. Yeah. I mean, I I read a thing a couple years ago about like the sewer level or the water level it, that's in like every single video game and everybody hates them. Mm-hmm. 
because um, it's everyone that has PTSD from the Water Temple and Ocarina of Time, dude. It is the Water Temple and Ocarina of Time is a fresh hell. If you have, no, if you've never like seen it, never. If you've it. never played it, don't like find an emulator, put in a cheat to get to that level. Do whatever you have to do, or like watch a playthrough of someone doing it for the first time ever. Like the game does such a good job of making you feel like you're solving the puzzles and being great and awesome, and then you get to the Water Temple and then you're there for three hours and you're crying and you don't know what to do and nothing makes sense and everything is upside down and everything is trying to kill you. Is it is it just challenging puzzles? Like what? Yeah, you what have sucks no. About it? The thing that sucks is the the thing you have to like. So the center of the Water Temple is like a spire with a bunch of doors, and you start at the bottom level and you have to like kind of get all the way up to the top. But in order to unlock the doors and go where you need to do, you have to constantly be raising and lowering the water level. So sequentially, you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll go up to this level and I need to do this thing. And I'll go up to this level and you do this thing. But you'll be on level one. You'll need to go to level five and then you'll have to come down to level three. And then you'll have to go to level six. And then like you have to backtrack and do so much. And because because of the limitations of gaming at that time, if you want to like walk in the water, you have to wear the iron boots and you have to full ass pause the game and put them on because there's two other items you need in your quick slot that are essential to that level. So you have to keep pausing and putting on the right gear and it's okay. fucking awful and I let hate me, it. Let me see. That's uh, it's odd that I we're here right now, but that's a that sounds exactly like a level called St. Francis Folly in the first Tomb Raider game. And that level is notorious for being like the best level in Tomb Raider. Because play, of because of that, temp- yeah, because it's temple. like it's this big, it's a big empty room, but it's like a downward spire, mm-hmm. right? And you have to go through these yeah. different doors yep. and get this different shit, and there's different puzzles, and I, you do them in different orders in order I don't to get know, to certain places. I don't know how to that. describe it. I, I okay. don't know how to describe it. It is just it is the water temple is notoriously hated, but the water temple also has the best part in all of Ocarina of Time, which is the fight with Dark Link. That that moment is so fucking cool. Because you, you go through all of this... Welcome to the Ocarina of Time episode. You go through all this fresh hell in the Water Temple of having no idea what to do, and you're there for three hours, and you're sweating, and you're crying, and you're covered in Dorito dust. And then you get to the end, and you enter into this, like, demi-plane environment that's water for as far as the eye can see, a door, like, 60 feet away, and in between you and the door is, like, a tree. And then you just start walking, and then Dark Link pops up, and you have to fight him, and it's a really cool fight, but... Yeah, dude, I don't know how to describe what it is because I was always like, it's a dungeon. Dungeons are hard. They're full of puzzles, whatever. I never understood it. And then I played the Water Temple and I was like, I get it. I can see why this sucks because, you know, nowadays, like, I have no patience for anything. So nowadays, like in Inquisition, you know, that puzzle at the very end, uh, I couldn't figure out the path to walk. So instead of getting frustrated and figuring it out, I was like, oh, I'll just Google it. That, I you th- couldn't do that back in the Ocarina time days. You had to figure it out. Otherwise, you don't get to play the game. I do that with a lot of puzzles these days. But for whatever reason, those puzzles, like the, the Elven Ritual at the end of Inquisition, yeah. I, I, love, I love that puzzle. And I remember doing it and thinking, I'm not going to Google this because I really love this. I don't know. There's something. It's I was so able simple. To, I was able to do the first two, but the one with like the button. The doors. Yeah. yeah I no, like, I love that one. I got thrown off real I f- hard. I felt so great when I figured that out by myself. Like, yeah, but I, I, I love that one. I have no patience for that, so I just I just Googled it. But like back in Ocarina of Time, you know, it was games were so expensive with the way the economy was back then. And then if you wanted like answers to how to beat the temple, you had to buy like the guide, which was another additional fee on top of already buying the game. You know what I mean? So 
a lot of gamers didn't have the guides. A lot of gaming back then was word of mouth. Like Mewtwo is under the truck. You know what I mean? Like, or Mew is under the truck. So if you didn't figure out the water temple, if you gave up, you just never got to beat the game. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that have probably never beaten it because they got to the water temple and were like, fuck this. I mean, that happened with me in Tomb Raider 2, actually. Um, there's a, oddly enough, there's a bit when you're in, it's early on in the game. It's like the fourth level, the opera house. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a bit where you're going through the vents and uh, basically it gets to this point where the game, it's really shitty level design, to be honest with you. But the game forces you to have to jump a certain way and hold a certain button down to do an action that you really think is just for fluff. But if you do that, the game gives you like an extra tiny little bit of jump distance. But they never like openly say that or like there's never any like tutorial that says that like, oh, if you do this special jump, you get extra distance. It's just she like does a cartwheel in the air. Right. And you're like, oh, OK, cool, whatever. Well, there's a section in the opera house where you you have to do that in order to get onto a next platform because directly underneath the platform is a spinning fan that'll kill you if you touch it. Oh, yeah, that one. And if you do a normal jump, you hit the wall and then you fall into the spinning fan because below. back then they didn't know how to grab a ledge. Yeah, and if you go to try to grab the ledge, you hit the spinning fan that's right under it. So you have to do this special, like, cartwheel jump thing, right? Well, I could not figure that out for the life of me. And I remember in... My karate class, because I was like nine, no, I was like seven or eight years old. In my karate class, I was complaining about it, and some kid was like, oh yeah, you have to do the dive jump or whatever. And I was like, what? And then I reloaded my save and immediately got past that part. And that's how it worked in the Gaming. 90s. Back you then, complain. it was word of mouth. Yeah, it's all word of mouth. There weren't strategy guides. or go Well, there were strategy guides. But, but you had to pay another like 60 bucks for no, them. No, your parents had to pay yeah, another was, 60 yeah, bucks exactly. for them, and they said, fuck no, you'll figure it out yourself. Yeah. But yeah, dude, like well, I, I remember then, those days. It was awesome. I, I feel like that was kind of intentional in a way too, because games were so small, you know, you could if you know exactly what you're doing, you can beat Ocarina time in no time at all. Yeah. So a matter of hours. To to get the replay value, to get the length out of that game, you, they have to make they have to make it hard. <laughs> yeah, it was all I, I I never lived through the Mew was under the truck era, but I did I remember I was there hearing, for that. I remember hearing about it. I was there for that. I remember Did I you believe there. it? Did you believe it or were you always uh, like, no? I've, I've read about it a bunch of times over the years. It's um, well, like when you were a little kid. It was debunked. Yeah, well, of course. Like you have to use specific codes to get to the truck thing. And then I don't even think Mew spawns. I don't remember. No, I, he's not. Mew is literally not in the game. Yeah, I, I've Googled it. Did but you ever, as a little youngin', did you ever try? I didn't know because I liked, and this is weird, but I liked Mewtwo so much that I just didn't give a shit about Mew or any secrets. And uh, something else that I did when I was a kid, though, when Pokemon Red and Blue were just the shit. Uh, I spread my own little like, oh, yeah, you have to go up here and then go up here. So you have to fly to Vermilion City and then the grass patch up north. You have to walk up and down six times and then you have to fly to Cerulean and then you have to go south. You have to hit the wall right next to the tree. Like I made up a bunch of shit. And then I was like, and then if you fly to Cinnabar Island, you can sail on the coast and you'll find missing number. The Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And then you can like dupe the sixth item in your energy or in your pack. Uh, anyway, I made up this whole sequence of shit that you had to do. But legitimately, all you have to do is go sail the side or uh, cast surf. Use surf on the side of the island and you'll run into missing number. And it dupes the sixth item in your inventory. You don't have to do all that extra shit. But I made that all up. I feel and like people, a lot of kids did that. Yeah. I, like I, I was the one that did it in yeah. my school. That was um, the era of kids making shit up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. Good times, dude. Well, we've we've certainly gotten away from the topic, but also, I mean, we we talked about our topic, so um. yeah. Uh, the all the Kanto honorable mention Kanto and Johto Pokemon 
Red and blue and silver and gold. Love the level yep. design. Silver, heart, heart silver, or soul silver for me specifically because I never played the original silver. That that game has a lot of nostalgia for me just because you're the one that bought it for me. Yeah, dude. I remember I remember you picked me up in the fucking, the red Oldsmobile. Yeah, dude. <laughs> whatever, oh, yeah. Whatever the brand of that car was. And then you were just like, hey, here's this DS Lite and Soul Silver. Have fun. Yeah. Well, you had bought Heart Gold and Soul Silver no. and the DS Lite. I remember because you were like, which one do you want? And I'm going to take the other one. Oh, okay. Uh, and I pick soul. I always pick the. I always pick the no, light color. No, because I I only ever had soul silver. I never really. Bought it. I th- I thought I could have swore we had a heart gold copy. No, somewhere. I think I just bought you a copy of soul silver. Okay, because I I always pick silver. Yeah, I always, I always pick like I a was, lighter. Yeah, cooler I go hue. like blue and yeah, exactly. white and silver and yeah. and um yeah sword and sword and shield even though because I remember sucked. buying you that DS. Uh, yeah, yeah, the blue DS light. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and I played the shit. I remember doing picto chat by myself. <laughs> you just load up a lobby of picto chat and you just start drawing dicks and you're we like gotta, uh, we gotta we gotta bookmark this for the yeah, nostalgia we episode really, we're gonna burn through it all you spent the last 20 minutes talking about nostalgia <laughs> but, uh thank you everybody so much for listening to this week's episode of 10 points of slashing uh yeah man thank all you over the place but we got there we got through it. yeah thank you guys this 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 actually was a lot of fun this is a good episode. this is a good episode i'm one, very excited for this one one thing that i pitched at one point is just a free-for-all episode where we don't have a topic do you want to do the talk. nostalgia episode next week we, is that we, what we're doing we we can um however we have have the community oh, event yeah. to get to and we have a special little thing we're going to be doing in the community event uh i mean by the time you hear this episode it will have already been done yeah we're we're planning on cutting this recording and then immediately getting into that yeah so uh since it's currently the future uh thank you guys for coming to the community event. yeah thank you guys to those of you that showed up thank you so much i hope it was fun I don't know if it was fun we're because like we're fucking, in the past and we're we haven't look done like it yet. Fucking clowns if no one shows up. Yeah, like I, I don't know, dude. Well, like, thank you for coming and or fuck you, not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no. This this episode was a blast. I'm looking forward to editing this and then listening to all of it again. Yeah. <laughs> all right, right on, man. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening uh, again. Please like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell a friend. Follow us. Do yeah. all that jazz. Join the Discord. Join the Discord. Please join the Discord. Yeah. Talk to us. Interact with us. We love it. Um, we've had a lot of fan interaction lately, which has been freaking awesome. Also, we need more warriors. Roshanti need- is all by his lonesome. We need more warriors. You need more warriors. While we were recording this episode, Roshanti joined the Discord and, and it, it completely, completely derailed us. Threw us for a loop. We're like, yes. Uh, anyway. We want to have that same experience when we see new people join the Discord while we are live recording. We can be like, oh my god, check this out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are 10 Points of Slashing. My name is SJ. My name is Matthew. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Woo! Uh...